0: Great to see you guys. How's everybody doing today? Glad to have you guys here. Thanks for joining us. I want to say a quick hello to all of our campuses. Thanks for being a part of our services today. Summer is here, is it not? I'm telling you what. It's hot out there. Glad you guys are here. Thanks for joining us. Let's also say hello to all of our God Behind Bars guys. We love you guys. Grateful for you. I do want to start off our service a little different today because of what's happened in South Texas and Santa Fe, Texas, to be specific. I just want to stop and pray. Is that cool? Can we just pray for that community? And there's a lot going on, and I think it's pretty important that we recognize that what we really need to change in our culture is we need to return to God. And so let's pray right now. Would you join me? Lord, thank you, God, that even in times of crisis, even when things happen that we don't quite understand, Lord, that you're still there. We thank you for that, God. I lift up the families who have lost a loved one, um, all the students and teachers that went through the tragedy that may have survived but are now dealing with it. God, I thank you for the first responders that put an end to this. God, I pray that you would just bless that entire community of Santa Fe, Texas. Lord, please just have your hand on them. Guide them and lead them and bring healing to that community. Lord, thank you, God, that we can call out to you in times of need. Thank you, Lord, that you are there. And Lord, I pray your blessings over our nation. I pray that we would, just as a nation, recognize that we need you in our lives, God. That we just need you to bless this nation. And Lord, I pray, God, that the next uh, young man who's even thinking about this, God, that you would just cause someone to know this and stop it before it happens, God. I pray for protection over our own children as they go to school. I pray, God, for safety. I pray, Lord, for wisdom uh, for the administrators and others who have to make decisions on how to stop this. I pray you just bless our nation, God. Thank you that your hand is upon us. I pray that it would just continue. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Thanks for joining me in prayer. It's a big deal. Well, I want to kind of turn the corner and lighten the mood a little bit. How many of you guys saw this stuff all over the Internet right now on um, Yanni versus Laurel? You guys know what I'm talking about? Okay, so if you don't know what this is yet, there's this thing called the Internet. You should try it sometime. Uh, This is like a huge sensation right now to where people hear one or the other, Yanni or Laurel, when they hear this phrase. It's it's the same exact uh, sound wave, but yet people hear different things. So we're going to test it right now in church all campuses to see which one you hear. Ready? And go. Okay, so how many of you heard Laurel? Raise your hand. How many of you heard Yanni? Okay, you people are weird. There was no Yanni in that. I think the Christians heard Laurel. I don't understand. How do you hear Yanni from that? I don't, I don't get that at all. It's crazy. Okay, let's do it one more time. One more time. Here we go. You ready? All right. See if you try to listen and hear the one that you didn't hear this time. Okay. Here we go. You heard that time? Wow. Amazing. Anybody? Can, hear, can you play it again? You might hear the different one this time. I can't hear the different one. I still heard Laurel. How many of you guys heard Laurel? How many you heard Yanni? Again, you people, I don't understand you. I don't get you at all. That's crazy. Isn't it funny how you can hear the same, you can have the same exact sound and have two different people hear two completely different things? Isn't that crazy how that works? In the same way, you can have someone right back here. Come on, everybody, focus, focus, focus. You can have the exact same situation, and one person is buried by it. Another person is thriving in the middle of it. Isn't that funny how that works? Same problem, same difficulty. One person is just totally barely surviving it. Another person doesn't seem to be phased by it. Really, this whole series we're talking about, Running on Empty, is about how to get on top of your circumstances, how to not be dragged down and worn out, but instead to refill. I'm very excited about this series. And so pull out your notes, if you would, as we talk about Running on Empty, the brand new series here at Church Unlimited. And uh, this first message is called Overburdened and Underpaid. Maybe you feel that way. Maybe you feel overburdened. How many of you guys feel overburdened? You just have too much on your plate, carrying too much. You feel overloaded. How many of you guys feel underpaid? Anybody feel underpaid? None of my staff's hands better be up right now. I am going to get on you if that's the case, right? Now it's very common, right? First, you feel like I'm just doing so much. I'm worn out or I just feel undercompensated. I'm just struggling maybe financially, maybe running empty. few you you're running financially on empty and you feel like, man, I'm just barely... Making it. I don't know where you are in the whole spectrum of that, but we are excited to be introducing this series to you, talking about how instead God wants to refill you and give you his power, his purpose, and really just give you the strength you need to get not just get through, but to thrive in your life, as well as no longer be underpaid, but rather well compensated. So I want to talk about that today. Pull out your notes if you would. Let's say our mission statement together as a church. What are you here to do as a church? We're here to take as many people to heaven as we can before we die period. That's what we're all about here at Church Unlimited. Again, thanks for coming out. Thanks for being a part of our services today. Let me ask you this question. Is this you? Listen to the scripture. See if you find yourself in the scripture. Job said, If my misery could be weighed, if you could pile the whole bitter load on the scales, it would be heavier than all the sand of the sea. Is it any wonder that I'm screaming like a caged cat? Wow. So he was Carrying a big, heavy burden. Look at Matthew 11, verse 30. Come to me, all of you who are tired from carrying heavy loads, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke and put it on you, and learn from me, because I am gentle and humble in spirit, and you will find rest for your souls. For the yoke I will give you is easy, and the load I will put on you is light. That's what Jesus said. Maybe you feel like you're carrying a heavy load. Check out this picture. This guy was carrying a heavy load. Check it out. Isn't that cool? Look at that right there. Here it is. There you go. So that's a heavy load. (laughs) That smart car maybe is not so smart after all, right? Maybe you feel that way. You feel like you're just carrying way too heavy of a load than you should be carrying. Well, i want to give you four simple principles if you are overburdened and underpaid, how you can turn that around today. And so let's just, let's do this. Let's go through this and see if you find yourself in this, because I believe God wants to turn things around for you. You know, I've been on a diet lately, and I don't like dieting at all. Uh, I, I get grumpy. Anybody get hangry or you're hungry and angry at the same time? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And so I get hangry as well. And so I'm like a walking sickers commercial. You know what I mean? I just get mad. I'm like, ah, because I want to eat some carbs, you know. And so, but I, I had a physical therapist tell me once, they said, you know, Pastor Bill, if you could get about 20 pounds off, that would take 60 pounds off your back. That for every pound you lose, you lose three pounds off of the pressure your back carries. I thought, wow, I had no idea. It really helped me to know that to want to lose weight, right? So it really motivated me. And so, you know, I'm trying to lose weight. You ever been jogging for 30 minutes on a treadmill and you look down and it's been four minutes? You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Maybe that's you. You can relate to that. Yeah, yeah. You know. I like to jog inside because I don't like jogging outside because I don't look very cool jogging. You know what I'm saying? You know, I like when I jog outside, there's people driving by. I'd like to believe that they're looking and going, hey, check out that athlete. But I think they're actually going, oh, look at him. Good for him. <laughs> I think it's what they actually are doing. So... Yeah, do I like losing weight. Anyways, but yeah, I'm not a big jogger, but I, I try. I normally just run when I'm chased by big, scary men, but that's, yeah. So, but I want to unload some of my load, right? I want to I take some of that off, take the pressure off my back. And so in the same way, maybe you need to take the pressure off yourself emotionally or maybe physically you're tired. Maybe you're just tired from all the drama you're dealing with in a relationship or maybe a struggle at work or at home. And, and so how do you do that? How do you unload that burden you may be carrying today. Well, here's the first thing. Number one, would you write this down? first thing is real simple. We need to come to Jesus. We need to come to Jesus. It says in Matthew uh, 11, verse 28, come to me, all you that are weary and are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. And so just simply come to Jesus. Isaiah 40, 29 says, he gives power to those who are tired and worn out. He offers strength to the weak. Those who wait on the Lord will find new strength. So when we say come to Jesus, it doesn't mean just you know stop and pray for a moment. That's great, but maybe you say, well, I have a quiet time, spend time with God, and read a scripture, pray, and I don't feel relieved. Could it be that you've turned that into a task as well? See, when we come to Jesus, if it's a task, you're kind of missing the point. Maybe it's time to slow down and just say, Jesus, i just got to come to you because I need you. I'm just worn out, God. Would you give me your strength? Lord, I, just, I, I, just, I need to kind of collapse in your arms today. Lord, would you help me? deal with this situation, deal with this problem, deal with this difficult person, whatever it is you're facing. Really come to Jesus and and, and spend some time with Him. And don't quit praying and don't quit reading the Word until you really get something from it. That's what it really means to come to Jesus. So it's not just a task, it's where you slow down and spend time with him. It says in Matthew 6, verse 6, find a quiet, secluded place so you won't be tempted to role play before God. Just be there as simply and honestly as you can manage. The focus will shift from you to God, and you will begin to sense his grace. That's what it really means to come to Jesus, just to slow down and say, Lord, I just, I need you. I'm so glad that you're, you're here with me. One of the things I like to do Sometimes when I pray, if I feel a burden, heavy, is I'll just do palms out. And I just will, in my prayer time, say, Lord, I give you this problem. Lord, I give you this difficult situation or this person I'm dealing with. Whatever you're facing, Lord, just, I just give it to you. And I just I do palms up to give over my burden to God. And I do palms down on my lap to say, now fill me. So I give you my burden and I ask you to give me your peace. This just something I do sometimes in prayer, and it's a very powerful thing. Maybe it's time for you to hand your burden to God, to come to Jesus, to give it to Him. Here's the second thing we've got to learn to do. We've got to learn to give up control. That's a tough one, isn't it? You know, today, if you were to resign as, universe of the man, uh, as manager of the universe, you'll discover that tomorrow the universe runs on its own. Because we worry about everything, don't we? You ever try to control a person? Try to control your kids, get them to do exactly what you want? How'd that work out? Right? You really can't control people. You can't control your spouse. You can't control your friends or your family. You can't control your kids. The only one you can really control is yourself. It's called the the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is self-control. Now, that's hard enough in and of itself, right, to control yourself, let alone to try to control someone else. In psychology, they call this the locus of control. You can only control yourself you can't control other people. I can't control how you, what you think of me. I can only control how I respond. I can't control what you say to me. I can only control how I respond to what you say to me, to what I say to you. I can't control, you know, the, the economy. I can't control the atmosphere around me. I can only control how I respond to those situations. And so we have to learn to give up control. The Bible says in Matthew eleven twenty nine 29, it says, take my yoke upon you. And so a yoke, by the way, is, is something that they would attach two animals together like to plow a field. And so they would, they, would, they would take this piece of wood and two, have two holes in it, and they would, they would basically close off the neck of an ox next to another ox, and then they would move at the same pace together. If your yoke is heavy, Jesus says, hey, get strapped up to me. And that way when you're dragging, you can hardly stand up. Jesus says, I got you. I got you. Just keep on coming. I got you. I'll carry you for a little bit if I need you. Jesus says, take my yoke upon you. It's easy. You can trust him that he will walk with you, and he will lighten your load. He says, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Another translation says, my yoke fits perfectly. Now, I need to tell you something right now. God's not going to give you more than you can handle, but he may give you all that you can handle. Because when he does that, he's growing you. That's how you stretch. That's how you grow. That's how God, God develops you. And so I've learned this, that there's always a season where you're overburdened. But it's because you think you can't handle, but actually you can Every once in a while, i work out with my boys, and when I do, I always find myself doing more than I ever thought I could do. I'm like, I tell Mason, I'm like, oh, I can't do this. I'm just too tired. And while I'm telling him what I can't do, he's loading more weight on. I'm like, would you stop? I just said I can't do this. And he says, come on, Dad, go underneath it and do it. You can do it. And then I find myself doing it going, oh, wow. I didn't even know I had it in me. But I would have never gotten there had he not loaded me up and pushed me. Maybe God has you in a season of growth right now. Maybe you said, oh, God, make me a godly man. You know how he makes you a godly man? He puts you around ungodly situations that you have to stand up to temptation. That's how you become a godly man. Oh, Lord, help me, help me be a, a people person. Oh, don't pray that prayer. <laughs> He'll put someone really difficult right next to you in the cubicle right next to you for years, and you got to learn to get along with them, right? In other words, how does he grow you? He loads you up sometimes. It's called leadership by demand. He puts more demands on you And therefore, it grows you into who you can become. And so we have to learn to give up control, but know that he's not going to overwhelm you. He really won't. Look at the scripture. It says in Psalm 55, verse 22, pile your troubles on God's shoulders. He'll carry your load and help you out. Sometimes there's an extra season of load on you because he's growing you through that season. But you need to know that he will help you through that. Galatians 5, 25 says, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step With the Spirit, remember we talked about being strapped to Jesus, just keep in step when Jesus is going a certain direction. Oh, we're going this way? Okay, Jesus, we'll go that way. And just keep in step with him. How do you do that? Look at the next scripture. It says in Romans 3, it says, Our lives get in step with God by letting him set the pace. You know, I'll tell you something. As a leader, I always feel like I'm behind. This is very normal. Leadership's a gift. It's also a sickness, which means that every leader I know, every entrepreneur I know is always like, ah, I should have already accomplished that. You ever felt that way? You know, I, I, I have friends that, you know, I, I got a buddy of mine. This company's worth like $100 million, and he's talking to me about, how, I feel like it should be worth $150. I'm like, I'm pretty sure $100 million is pretty good. <laughs> but in his mind, he's like, uh, he, he already knew he was going to do that. He's like, no, I, I should be further along. I, t- I so get that, because as a church, I look at our church, and people go, oh, it's such a big church. And I'm like, I thought we'd be further along. I don't mean that arrogantly. I just, it's a sickness. I just, I'm always like, Lord, why don't we have this yet? Why don't we have that yet? And sometimes God has to remind me, hey, it's my pace. The Lord knows what you can handle and when you can handle it. You ever tried to speed up God? Doesn't work. You know, I'll tell you this. God's seldom early, but he's never late. He's got perfect timing. All the singles in the room need to know that. He's got perfect timing. Quit trying to force something. That's not there. Because if you talk to married people that are healthy married people I'm talking about, They'll tell you, we always ask them, right, singles? I mean, I used, when I was single, I used to ask this question, how'd you know that that was the one? And they always say the same answer, right? They say, you just know, right? And you're like, you just know. I punch you. <laughs> How's that work? It was so frustrating to hear that, right? Until it happened to me. And I was like, oh, you do just know. And when I met Jessica, I was like, oh, here's the girl I've been waiting for my whole life. I just knew. So I get it now, but at the time I didn't get it. But I will tell you, singles, if you don't just know, don't force it. That's when things go really bad. Don't force something that's not there. That's a sign you're not trusting God's timing and trusting in God's ways. And sometimes God's ways lead you to do things and to be a part of something you didn't want to be part. You know, sometimes, you, you know, things happen. You know, you get hired onto a company and six months later they fire half the employees. You're like, really? Lord had a plan in that. God knew what he was doing. You know, you, you start a relationship with someone, you think this is it, and they leave you? Like, Lord, how in the world can you let this happen? you got to trust God. You see, the very concept of trust means that there must have been doubt. There must have been something to doubt. You know, if I were to put $100 in front of you and say, I'll give you $100 for this, and I, I just put it right in front of you, there it is. There's nothing to trust me with. It's right there in front of you. But if I, but if I don't show it to you, keep it in my pocket, and I say, hey, if you'll do this, I'm going to give you $100. And you're like, well, where is it? And I'm like, trust me. What does that mean? That means I'm not going to show it to you yet, but it is there. I just want to see if you trust me. Sometimes I think God is saying, I have so much for you, but do I have to lay everything out for you? If I have to lay everything out for you, do you even have to really trust? So sometimes we have to say, okay, Lord, I don't see it yet, but I see you, and I trust you. So we have to learn to come to Jesus, and we also have to to learn to, to give up control, to say, okay, Lord, this isn't the timing I want, this isn't the way I want it to go down, Lord, I trust you. I give up control. I have to learn that you know what you're doing. It's painful as it is. Just the other day, I had a guy call me. He's a pastor of another church, and he was really going through it. And, and, and someone was, you know, being very unfair to him and talking bad about him. And, and, and he said, "What do I do?" I said, "Nothing. You just you let them talk bad about you, and it's going to hurt." And he said, "Really? There's like no? There's no remedy?" I'm sorry. I've been there. You can't control someone else. And so, well, you know, are people going to leave the church? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're going to believe him over you. Some of them will. It's called the law of proximity. It's whoever they're closest to, they're going to leave. But it's not right. And it's not fair. It's like, I totally agree with you. It's not right and it's not fair. But apparently God has a purpose in it. It's going to happen. I've just gotten used to it. I mean, honestly, the larger the organization gets it, that's just kind of, that's, you know, like, oh, someone left the church. I'm like, yeah, it's Tuesday. I know. Yeah, it's just normal. I mean... You just you got to know going there, that's just part of it, right? And so part of the growth in all of our lives is to learn to understand that it's not my job to hunt down what everyone thinks of me. It's my job to hunt down what God thinks of me. And if I'm doing what God (laughs) told me to do, I have to trust the results. So I have to trust the results to Him. It doesn't mean you don't listen to feedback. Oh, listen, when someone that I know and trust tells me something that I need to change, I listen. That's important. I want to be accountable, all that. But sometimes you can be accountable, be listening, and be doing what God told you to do, and you will still have people leave. You'll still have people hurt you. you got to just trust the Lord. And so you have to learn to give up control. And, and when you give up control, here's a big part of that. Number three, got to learn to trust. You just have to learn to trust that even when things don't make sense, that God has a plan, that God knows what he's doing. Even when we don't understand why something has happened a certain way. It says in Psalms one forty-two, verse three: When I am ready to give up, He knows what I should do. So when I finally relinquish control and say, "Okay, God, here's control," then the Lord says, "Okay, now that I'm in control, let me tell you what to do next." Then He'll lead you. Then He'll guide you. Matthew eleven twenty-nine says, "Learn from Me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. You'll have a peace that passes all understanding." I have a good friend that just lost his father. He misses his dad like crazy, as he should but he also has peace. So it doesn't mean you're happy with it, but you still have God's peace. When stuff happens that we don't like, it doesn't mean that you're gonna suddenly, you're not approving of it happening, but you're saying, Lord, I don't understand, but I love you and I know you're there for me. This doesn't make sense to me, but I still can have your peace. Proverbs 20 verse 24 says, since the Lord is directing our steps, why try and understand everything that happens all along the way? You're not gonna be able to understand it all. If you're not going to be happy until you understand why everything's ever happened in your life, you're going to be pretty miserable. Because there's so many things that we just have no control over, and we just have to say, Lord, I don't know why this has gone down this way, but I trust you. It doesn't make sense to me, but it doesn't have to make sense to me, because you're in charge. I'm not in charge. It's hard for us to do that. There's a guy named John Cavanaugh. He was a highly esteemed ethicist. Uh, That's what he did for a living. Well, he wanted to go spend three months with Mother Teresa and her nuns serving in Calcutta. So that's what he did. He, he, he made a plan to do that and took some time off and went to spend three months. And one particular day, his dream finally happened. He ended up working alongside Mother Teresa. And, and this was the time when he finally got to meet her. So they're working along, and Mother Teresa looks up realizes she doesn't know this guy. And she says, hello, my name is Mother Teresa. He, 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 he immediately is like, yes, ma'am, it's such an honor to meet you. My name is John Kavanaugh," And she says, well, what can I do for you? He immediately says, you know what? I'm here to serve, but I'm also just asking God to show me what direction he has for my life, for my future, what I'm supposed to do the rest of my life. Would you pray for me and pray that I have clarity? She immediately stopped and said, I will will do no such thing. He says, what? And she says, I will not pray for the one thing that you're still clinging on to. You need to let go of that too. Wow. That's why she's Mother Teresa, right? Could it be that we're saying, oh God, show me exactly what to do in my life. Show me exactly what's next. Well, if you knew exactly everything, how it's supposed to work out, exactly where you're supposed to go to school, exactly what job you're supposed to take, exactly what company you're supposed to work for, exactly everything, then why do you need God? Could it be that when we really say, I want clarity, we're saying, I want to be in control? When actually God is in control, we need to learn to trust it's hard to do it, I understand. But the Lord is directing our steps. He'll guide you. He'll show you. People say, Pastor, what are we going to be doing this church in 10 years? I have no idea. But I don't need to know. God knows. You know, where's the next campus going to be? I mean, I know where we're building one this year. But after that, the Lord will show us. I don't have to know the future. I just need to know the one who knows the future. Just trust your life in his hands. He has a plan. Learn to trust. So I want to encourage you when you're learning to trust, it doesn't mean you have it all figured out. You don't have to have it all figured out. You just got to know this. This is a real clarity that I look for in my life. The clarity I look for, I didn't mention this at the end of the service. This one must be just for you. The clarity I look for is not what should I do next. The clarity I look for is, Lord, who do you want me to be? If I can just get clarification of what you made me to do, then where you made me to do it is your decision. But what have you made me to do? And I'll get busy doing that. Does that make sense? So the clarity is in who he called you to be, and he'll show you where to apply that. Just ask God for clarity on who you are in Christ, and he will show you that. Last thing I promised to tell you about is if you feel underpaid, what do you do? This may surprise you, but if you feel underpaid, the answer actually is not a raise. (laughs) The answer is not a promotion. The answer is not necessarily more schooling. The answer is not to increase your skills there's great things in all of those. In other words, like that those are all great things, but that's actually not what guarantees you the finances that you need. You can still be underpaid and do all of those things and more. I want to read a scripture to you that may surprise you, but here's the guarantee God gives us. and, and you know, you may have heard the scripture before. Please listen to it with new ears and read it and see it with new eyes. The problem with a verse like this is that we've heard it so often or read it so often, that we become inoculated to the truth of it. But I want you to try to listen as hard as you can for the first time. Listen to what it says. Will a man rob God, yet you are robbing me? But you say, how have we robbed you in your tithes and contributions? You are cursed with a curse, for you are robbing me, the whole nation of you. Bring the full tithe into the storehouse, That there may be food in my house, and thereby put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need. Wow. Did you hear it for the first time? So if I bring 10%, a tithe, that's what the word tithe means, of what I earn. To you, I will be living under the blessing. Now, I want to point something else about the Scripture that maybe you didn't catch it for. We think that there's a neutral position that like, either you're tithing, you're not tithing, or you're living cursed. There's no neutral position. It's either tithing and blessed, or if not tithing, then living in the curse. There's actually no <laughs> neutral, guys. We forget that. Look what Deuteronomy says about this in verse in chapter 11 verse 26 look today i'm giving you the choice between a blessing and a curse you will be blessed if you obey the commands of the lord your god that i'm giving you today but you will be cursed if you reject the commands of the lord your god and turn away from him and worship gods you have not known before so it's very clear blessing or curse which one would you like now here's the thing there's a problem in our society right now we are trusting in everything but god financially it's really true we go to financial courses thinking, if I just learned this one course that somehow knowledge is the answer, if I had knowledge, I wouldn't be broke. It's just not true. I know a lot of guys. In fact, unfortunately, sometimes the more knowledge you have, the more broke you are. I mean, honestly, there's a lot of people with PhDs that, that you know, are, are renting an apartment and, and don't have any money to buy a house. A- and yet they have all this knowledge. That That's not the answer. I heard about these two guys. They graduated from Harvard this year. They were so excited. They they, uh, they pulled off their cap and gown after the ceremony. They jumped into a, a taxi in downtown Boston to go celebrate. And as they took off their cap and gowns, they, they were like, man, we got degrees from Harvard, thinking this is it. I mean, you put that on your resume, it's like got to be just a guarantee, right? So they're so excited. They're like, yeah, man, Harvard degrees. Woo, let's go make some money. And the cab driver hears him as he's driving down the street. He says, did you guys just graduate from Harvard? He said, yes, sir, we sure did. He said, oh, man, that's great. He reaches his handbag and said, class of 98. See, the truth is, is that one of the mistakes a lot of people are making in society today is thinking that if I just get that degree, then I'll be set financially. So we have people going into all kinds of debt to get a degree. It's a big mistake. I'm not saying don't get a degree, but you better calculate what your income's going to be from that degree before you decide whether it's worth it. Guys, we got to think through this. More importantly than the degree, I'm all for education. I have two degrees myself. My wife has a degree. Nothing wrong with school. But honestly, that's not why I'm blessed. There's plenty of people who have all kinds of degrees and skills and talents and connections and networks and all that. that They're still living pretty much in a cursed situation. When you're blessed, it's because you trust the Lord. If you will trust the Lord, He will take care of you you. Give yourself a raise. Tithe. It's really true. Number four is to get under God's blessing by tithing. Get under God's blessing by tithing. In fact, in all of your bulletins on the way in today, we gave you what's called the 90-day tithe challenge. A little sheet of paper here. You can do this online or by paper. Some of you are, you know, like allergic to the internet. I understand that. So you can use this if you'd like, or you can use this, or you can go online and do it. On the back of the sheet of paper, we show you how to go online. But I want to challenge you to do something. I can't do this at every at every nonprofit or, or church. I can't promise you if you tithe to this or that church that if you don't see a blessing, um, you'll get your money back. But I can do that here. So for the next 90 days, if you full-on tithe to Church Unlimited for 90 straight days, the window starts today, you can start today, next week of the week after that, the first week of June, all through the summer, if you full-on tithe, and you don't sense that God has blessed you from it, we will give your money back. No problem. We would be glad to do that. I don't think very many of you are going to ask for it back. But we will do it. I will keep my word. No problem. But I want to challenge you to begin to tie. I just took away the risk. Think about it right now. Basically, worst case scenario, it's a four savings plan. In three months, you get the money back. Best case scenario you really do see the hand of God in your life. Now, how many of you guys would admit across all of our campuses right now that when you began to tithe, you literally did see God bless you? Anyone in here? I'm just curious. All of our campuses right now. Anyone? Just hold your hand high. I am not so smart that I can convince all of you just to raise your hands. It's either it worked or it didn't. And I can show you countless people in our church that just began to tithe and saw God do something I never thought he would do. I've seen it in my own life. I began tithing way before I was a pastor, way before I was in the ministry. And I've seen the hand of God bless me because of that. God just simply takes care of his own. You can trust him. Would you do me a favor right now? Uh, Go ahead and set your bulletins down if you would. And if you feel led to do that, great. You can fill that out or you can go online and do it. We're, we're, We're honored that you would do such a thing and trust the Lord with your finances. But maybe today you're overburdened financially. Maybe you're overburdened emotionally physically even, you're just tired all the time. I don't know what it is, but would you just put your palms out right now as we take a moment to pray? And just in this time, maybe you've never done this before, just stick your palms out and just pray this prayer with me. You just say, God, I give you this problem. Whatever it is right now, just just silently before God, just say, God, I just give you this problem. Maybe it's a person that you don't know what to do with anymore. Lord, I give you my marriage. I give you my relationship with my brother or sister. I give you this problem at work. I give you this legal situation I don't know how to get out of. What is it for you? I give you this habit, this addiction. Just give it to the Lord. And as you sense your spirit becoming lighter, knowing that he has it now, you turn your hands over and put them on your lap. And now in this prayer time, just say, now, Holy Spirit, fill me. Fill me with your power. Fill me with your peace a peace that passes understanding. I don't have to understand how it's all going to work out, Lord. I just trust that you got me. And the Lord right now is saying, I got you. Just walk with me. I got you. Lord, thank you for lightening our load today. With your head bowed and your eyes closed, if you never trusted Christ as your Lord and Savior, that means you are carrying the weight of your guilt from your own sin. I've carried mine before, too, until that day I gave it to Jesus. And I traded my imperfect record of all my sins for his perfect record of forgiveness. You can receive Jesus right now by praying a very simple prayer. We're going to pray it together aloud across all of our campuses just to lead you in this prayer. You can pray this with me now. You can say, Dear Jesus, I realize I need you. I believe you died for my sin." And I believe you rose again. I ask you to come into my heart, be my Lord, be my Savior. I repent of my sins, I put you in first place. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. In your name we pray. Amen. Ain't God good? His word is so true.